Welcome back to the Hair Full of Secrets podcast, where we explore the impact that hair and beauty practitioners have on our clients' mental health and wellness, as well as how we take care of our own. I'm your host, Paige Klibanoff. Today, we'll be talking with Bailey Page. She is a fantastic nail artist, and I just absolutely love her perspectives on setting boundaries with clients and creating a work week that is best for your mental health. So let's hear what she has to say. All right, guys, I have the lovely Bailey Page today with me. She is a fantastic nail artist. And actually, we have a mutual client who connected us for this podcast. So I'm so excited for you guys to get to meet her and learn a little bit more about her. And I'm really looking forward to getting the perspective on this topic of mental health and wellness in the beauty space from the perspective of a nail technician, because next to hair, you guys probably see your clients. I mean, you definitely see them more frequently, usually. Oh yeah. And I'm sure they tell you guys everything too. So I'm very excited to dive right in. So Bailey, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah. My name is Bailey. I'm 28 years old. I grew up in a little town, just 20 minutes West of Des Moines, Iowa. It's called Adele. I lived there until I was 18. I knew that the Midwest was not for me had to get out of there. So I moved out here to Denver. Within a year or so of living out here, I met my husband and my husband um, owns a barbershop here in uh, Denver as well. Well, let's start out with like a little get to know you. Can you share with everybody, what is your favorite workday beverage? My go-to workday beverage is going to be coffee. I'm a total coffee snob. I love an oat milk latte. I drink them every single morning. On top of that, I just drink water pretty much. Bubbly waters and coffee, they keep me going through the day. I love the sparkling waters too. They're just, they're just like got a little extra something, you know? Just a little zhuzh. (laughs) Some zhuzh (laughs) in your water. I love it. Do you have any like favorite workday song, podcast, playlist, anything like that, that you like to listen to? Yeah, I've told you this before, but I mean, every time my clients come in, um, they never know really what kind of version of me they're going to get. Being that I'm from Iowa, like sometimes they're going to get country me and they're always like very confused by that. (laughs) And they're also very confused why I know all the words. Um, Or I just like love old school 90s music, like I don't know. I like the music that just transports me back to my backseat of my mom's van in like third grade, you know, mm-hmm. it totally depends on my mood. Sometimes I need like a lo-fi beats, just like no words. Oh, you know? I love lo-fi and, beats for the work day. It just keeps yeah, me like, sometimes it's just like pace. a long day. It's a good baseline. <laughs> Do you have any favorite Instagram or TikTok accounts that you follow either for nail inspiration or just for life inspiration? Yeah. Any great accounts that you'd recommend? So I've been thinking about this question and I have found that for me personally, a lot of my inspiration for my work comes from just like different things that I see on Pinterest. I like basing my artwork off of other people's art. That's not necessarily on nails. Don't get me wrong. There's definitely some nail texts that I absolutely love to follow. Nails and soul is one of my favorites. I mean, nail thoughts. Outside of that though, I love to cook. So I follow a lot of cooking accounts and a lot of just like good home recipes. I found that that is like a good self-care in itself is cooking and spending that time putting those nutrients into your body. and Yeah. Nourishing yourself with good foods. Totally. I love that. I actually just got a cookbook delivered today. I can't wait. It's, um, 
the forest feast Ooh, for large gatherings. Fun. There's one for like smaller dishes and one for large ga- gatherings. And I opened it. And the first recipe was a Pinot Grigio asparagus oh, zucchini I lo- flatbread. Yeah. I love any like food that's like wine based. It's so good. So good. I love it. Okay. Love the cooking. I also, I really like that you said that you pull some of your inspiration from other art because I think it can get very easy in the beauty space right now, especially with Instagram for us as practitioners to get people that just bring in someone else's work. And they're like, I just want you to copy this. Totally. And well, that's not how this works. I mean, we could do something similar. I, I love for my clients to bring in inspo for me and they will tell you every time that they show me a picture and I'm like, but I'm going to put my little, like touch on it. Like we're not just going to do this exact yeah. rip off unless you absolutely are demanding it, then I will. I think coming from, you know, people that are, you look up to and this and that, like it's amazing to grab inspiration from them, but finding a cool wall mural and translating it out into nails is also so cool. And also no one else is going to have that, you know? Right. No, I completely agree. And I feel like sometimes I wish people would embrace that more. I love my nail technician. I think he is so fantastic and talented. And, um, and if you're listening to this, Tony, like, I love you, but, um, I don't, it's like, sometimes I bring in a few different pictures Mm -hmm. and I don't know if he realizes that I would be comfortable with him being like, okay, I get what vibe you're going for. I'm going to do my own thing. Right. And that's totally what I do, you know, like, right. They might bring me a few different things. I'm like, I kind of like this and this on these. Like, what if we kind of mashed them together and maybe did this color of this other one? Cause you said you really like that, you know? And I think a lot of that comes with just like time and also your clientele. Once you've been working on for someone for so long, like most of the time my girls aren't even bringing in inspo anymore. Cause they're just like, do it. You know, you know me, like do your thing, you know? <laughs> so, right, right. Yeah. And you know, you, you get to know them really well and you get to know their styles and you can just go from there. I love it. I love it. So tell us a little bit about how you got into nails, how you ended up here, what you kind of specialize in just a little bit more background on your role as a nail technician. Before I started doing nails, I nannied for a couple of years for this incredible family. And it just kind of got to the point where I was feeling stagnant and I wanted something that I could always fall back on. I was really interested in going to school for esthetician to do skincare. At the time, I've always been a nail girl. My grandma did nails, which is like very funny and ironic. She was, she had a couple different jobs. She was a flight attendant and then she did nails until she retired. And I think she still has like two like old lady clients. Like I'm talking like 90 that she'll still, still do pedicures for like once a month. Oh my gosh. So fun. She's awesome. But, um, so that I've always been into nails. I've always, you know, I, I started probably in 2015 with a girl here in Denver. Her name's Raquel. Her Instagram's, uh, I think it's like rockstar with a Q. She's incredible. She's actually who got me into nail art. She was the first one to put like holographic powder on my nails and like ombre my stuff. And I was like, mind blown, you know, she was the first person I really found that like did that. Then I started going to someone else that was a little bit closer and when I was talking to her, I had mentioned, I'm thinking about going to skin, uh, esthetician school. And she goes, I am thinking about expanding and I would have, 
you know, room for you if you'd want to go to nail school. She really planted the seed in my head that that was something that I could potentially do. And I've always been a creative person. I've always, you know, been someone that doodles all over my notebooks and does art projects and this and that. She planted that seed. And within a week, I had signed up for nail school with my husband being a barber, going to a cosmetology school really worked out for him. And he really supported me in that decision. And I mean, he was really the one that that got me into it. So I started, I think that's uh, awesome. Yeah. Sorry. I I don't mean to interrupt you, but um, not everybody, a lot of the hairstylists I've talked to on here. And if you end up listening to the podcast, you'll Mm -hmm. see what I mean. A lot of people felt like they didn't really have that support from a lot of their community. I couldn't have done it without that. You know, I, I've been able to, I don't think financially done it. I, I just can't imagine how, that would have worked without him supporting me 110%. So I feel so lucky to have that. And it made it a lot easier for me. You know, I just knew that I'm supported, especially when you're starting something new, like you're not going to be the best at it. It's really putting yourself out there. And it's this very vulnerable thing. So the first week of 2018, um, I went all into nail school. I went through a little nail school here in Denver called Westland Beauty Academy. It's in like a strip mall. I think there was like four girls in my class, you know, if that kind of gives you an idea. That's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. It was like all self-paced. Like, honestly, it was great. The instructor instructors that they have, one of them, her name is Rachel. She owns the beauty collective here in Lakewood, Colorado. And she is, you know, the matriarch of Denver nails. I was lucky enough to learn underneath her. So that took me about seven months. And then From there, I worked in a standard salon setting for about six months before I decided that I wanted my own space to do my own thing. And so I've been doing nails now for, we're going on four years. I love it. I want to segue into how that impacts wellness. Right. You know, and so with the whole coming to my own space thing. I just learned I wasn't happy in the, the bigger setting with revolving clients at that time had already kind of nailed down a core clientele. And I was fairly confident that they would come with me when I decided to break off. And I was so lucky that all of those people did. It really gave me an opportunity to kind of curate my own vibe. I wanted my clients to come in every single time feeling warm, goodness and like excited, no bad vibes as well as their nail tech. So a lot of my clients have said in the years that I've followed that they're like, I couldn't imagine going into a salon and seeing you. You're kind of like my personal confidant and like my best friend that's kind of removed from my life. I feel like when you have clients like we do in hair and nails, it's so intimate and you know, not to bash on salon settings, because I think for many people, they're fantastic, but there is something to be said for having that privacy and intimacy of your own space. Absolutely. If someone's having a bad day, you know, they can come in and sit down and say, you know, I'm having a bad fucking day and they can bitch about it all they want. They don't have to worry about anyone else judging them for what they're saying. And I'm happy to sit here and listen. all the time. Yeah. I think making the decision to go out on my own was one of the best things that I've done, not only for my client experiences, because unfortunately a lot of my clients were not big fans of the salon I was at Mm -hmm. last, like expressed feeling very judged there, Mm -hmm. which is never something you want to hear as a practitioner. Like when I go out my own, they're like, I really hated, like, I loved you, but I hated coming there because it just Mm -hmm. felt so uncomfortable for me. That is not something I ever want to hear from my clients. I think it's also really good to know how much that can affect our own 
sanity and our own mental space, creating something that is curated for us. I'm sure a lot of people will also say in this industry that it's really hard to make good money if you're not working for yourself. For me, I was working my absolute tail off five days a week and I was making less money than I would make four days a week nannying. And I was just like, why did I just spend all this money to go to school to make less money? And no matter how I worked it out in my head, it just didn't make sense. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity that I had in that space to build my clientele and learn the things that I did. But breaking off was the best thing I've ever done for myself and for my own mental well-being, for my own sanity, for my clients all around. It was just such a good decision for me and no regrets. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And you were telling me a little bit the other day, because guys, this is take two. Um, the power went out and Bailey and I got interrupted the other day, halfway through recording, and we've had to start over. So one, thank you so much for being willing to grin and bear it with me again. I appreciate you. But you were telling me a little bit the other day how this has been a really transformative year, year and a half for you. I'd love if you'd share a little more about that again. Totally. You know, when you're in the first few years of this job, you are just kind of like pedal to the metal, try to like make as much money as you can, get all these clients, do all these things. I just got to a point, especially after COVID, that I was not my best self. I had not been taking care of my own health. I had been mentally just completely emotionally exhausted. It wasn't just my work necessarily, but it was just COVID and everything that had to do with that. And so in July of this year, I got sick of my own shit and I got sick of feeling, you know, resentful about working and I was having all these bad feelings. And I knew that I had to make a very abrupt pivot in my path because otherwise I was not going to be doing nails any longer and I was going to be really unhappy. So in July of this year, I decided to number one, I did, it's called the 75 hard challenge. I'm not going to get into it a ton, but essentially what it is, is it's working out twice a day for 45 minutes, um, eating healthy, no booze, reading nonfiction books. And I chose to do this just because I knew for me, I needed to rip the bandaid off and get to a really good place with wanting to take care of my health and prioritizing that and making really good habits for myself. And And kudos to you, by the way, I think it's super hard for a lot of people to give themselves the proper kick in the butt that they need to do something like that. And again, I had the support of my husband. He did it with me, which is like we're best friends. We do everything together. So of course we're like, what else are we going to do besides this together? You know? (laughs) So that was one big change that I made for myself. And another big change that I did for myself was I started some pretty intense personal therapy. I sought someone out who also was a male, which I never thought that I would have a male therapist just because I am so pro women. I fucking hate most dudes. (laughs) Like that's just how I am. (laughs) Um, But he has given me so many tools to become my best self, handle situations that are hard, communicate properly, set boundaries properly to have the best out of every relationship that I can. And between those two things, I really feel like I've turned over a new leaf and kind of really evolved in the last six months. And it's also translated so well to my work. I'm so much more into my job. I'm so much more creative now that I have the space to do so. So yeah, I very uh, intensely decided that I was going to take care of myself for the longevity of my business. I commend you. Congratulations. Thank you. You seem very happy. It's, I am so happy. Like my cheeks are 
<laughs> but, um, you know, and I just, I'm, I'm happy that I have found a way to make this really good. I just want to be able to show up too and be like full of energy, happy. Everything's better that way. <laughs> you know that something isn't right when it starts to become like a chore. Oh yeah. And it's a really shitty feeling when something that you used to love doing just feels like a task that you have to do to get through life. Absolutely. I've definitely been there in hair. And one of the reasons that I've even started this is to rejuvenate my career into something that makes me excited Absolutely. to get out of bed every day and shifting my focus from being like, yes, I'm going to re recreate that Instagram picture for you and give you pretty hair. Like, oh my God, vanilla swirl highlights. Like <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that. Right. right. But everybody's posting that. I'm not like, I'm good at what I do, but I'm not like that special. You know, yeah. I don't think anybody necessarily is. Some people are just really good at marketing themselves. Yep. And I was like, I am going to be so unfulfilled that I was just like, how do I turn this into something that gets a fire going under me? Because even though I love my clients, like, don't get me wrong. I wasn't bored of seeing them. I was just bored of doing the job in it totally. overall. And it's, you know. And I found it was super interesting that when I started taking care of myself and I had this much more positive outlook, the quality of my conversations was so much higher. You know, we are talking about things that just like actually mean something instead of like the surface level negative bullshit that, you know, there's nothing wrong with sitting down in the chair and dumping your crap. Like we all have no. to do, but mm -hmm. when you are just functioning at a higher level, happier that translates to so many areas of your life, the way you talk to other people, the way you talk to yourself, the way you treat your clients, the way you want to bend backwards for people. It just translates to everything. How has that impacted your relationship with your clients, like positively and negatively? I learned for myself that I had to set some pretty harsh boundaries before I did all this. There was a lot of me going out of my way for people and working outside my business hours, accommodating people when I truly felt like I didn't want to do it. and. I just don't do that anymore. If I'm not available, I'm not available. It's outside my business hours. I'm booked. I'm sorry. Yes. There's one-off situations that I make it work. And I always try to like shuffle things around within my hours. Your emergency is not my problem. That is something that I have had to learn. It's so hard to tell yeah. that to people. I trust me. I love my girls. Like I'll do whatever to make them happy. But sometimes I'm like, you guys, this is, you've had this booked for six months. You're telling me two days before that you need to get in. And it's just things like that, that I'm just like, love you. I'll see you at your next appointment, or I'll let you know if I have a cancellation before then, you know? Right. Um, right. It's hard. And it's hard for us when that happens because we want you to be oh, able I to get that service done. And I we know, know that things happen, right? And, okay. So you had an emergency work meeting come up. Yeah. I've been there. It happens. I get yeah, that. Absolutely. You have to cancel on me. Cool. If I have a cancellation policy, that's it. That's what it is. But if you decided that you now need to come in a different time of the day and I don't have time, mm -hmm. like psychologically, I want to help you out. Absolutely. But also like, I have to honor the fact that maybe I have a dinner that I've had planned for six months at totally. that time. And we're not robots. I'm very lucky that my like clients 
Patel have been with me for years and we know each other so well personally. If something does come up, they're usually fuck dude, I can't come. I'm paying you. It's all good. And they know that I'll get them in when I can. But that was something when I first started doing this job is like, I had no boundaries. You know, I was working freaking 12 hours a day. I was bending over backwards for people that tip me $5, like shit like that. So, and you look so hard on your body. <laughs> it's your so brain bad. and your body. It, I was can't. So it was so bad. And that's Ugh. why I have my set hours that I do because I know this, this is what I can physically handle. And when I work more than this, I am an asshole. <laughs> so I just right. don't. <laughs> yeah. I've been um, listening to this book that one of my other guests recommended called the four hour work week. It's so good. Girl, I already know that you would love this book because his whole thing is a dollar isn't equal to another dollar, right? Somebody who works a nine to five job or works 80 hours a week and makes $50,000 isn't making the same money as somebody that works 10 hours a week and makes $50,000 because your time and your experiences also have value. Absolutely. And I'm like, you're like, preach, this all makes so much sense. For me to have changed my boundaries and my hours, all my booking is hourly, like two hour minimum. This is how much it is an hour. And that's it. Like, and that has made my life so much easier because I specialize in natural nails. I do all gel products on natural nails and I have through the years have become very good at being able to grow all my clients, natural nails out to whatever length that they want to wear them. But you book based on time and you pay me based on time, not necessarily what I'm doing. It's you're, you're taking two hours of my time. You're going to pay for two hours of my time. I have some hairstylist peers that do that and they really like it. I feel like it's not out of the realm of possibility that I would switch to that for myself someday. Mm-hmm but we'll just have to see. That will be something that comes about when I'm fully, fully booked. I don't think I've seen any other nail techs that do it. I've kind of looked and I've like commented on a few things. Going off that, now that we went on a little book tangent, do you have any books that have really inspired you that you'd like to share with class? Absolutely. When I did the 75 hard, I asked my therapist if he had any nonfiction books that he would recommend. And before I can even completely say it, he's like, you need to read Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. So I did. And it is such an incredible book just on like perspective and how you view the world, how you react to things. And it truly changed the way I look at things. Awesome book. I recommend it to anybody. It is a fantastic read. You guys, I've read it. I second this opinion. Also his other book, The Surrender Experiment is fantastic. And if you're interested in reading any of the books that we talk about in any of my podcast episodes, you'll be able to go on my website, hairfulofsecrets.org. There is a tab for books and recommended reading. And every book that we talked about on every single episode is in there with a link to a place to purchase and the author. So definitely Untethered Soul, check it out if that's something that interests you or it should interest everybody. I think everyone should read that book. I completely agree. Completely agree. So I'm wondering now that you've kind of taken this leap into a healthier lifestyle for yourself, mentally, physically, the whole shebang, how does your client's experience 
impact you during the workday if like, say they're not taking care of themselves? How do you deal with those situations where it's maybe not going as positively as you would like? You know, I'm kind of of the thinking you just have to be like as open and honest with people as possible. And, you know, there's, there's no guidebook for when people sit down in front of you and tell you some awful personal news. And I am so happy to provide a space of just like caring and comfort, but don't get me wrong. There's been days that those kind of things happen and I'm left at the end of the day, feeling like a shell of myself and like hollowed out by all of this information and like heavy by it. Some of the things that I like to do for myself when, you know, that kind of thing happens is taking a bath. That really helps me kind of wash away the day, up some salt, cleans that energy, gets you like to baseline. That's been super important. And when clients involve you in things that's, you know, beyond what's appropriate, you have to verbalize that. You have to say, I don't feel comfortable knowing this information, being involved in this. That's a no, you know, and I think going to therapy as well has given me those tools to kind of face these situations head on. And then when they come up, you know, I, I finally got to kind of use my tools. I had a situation come up where I got to, you know, implement my boundaries and initially it doesn't feel great. It doesn't feel great to tell someone, you know, I don't like how you're interacting with me. I don't find it appropriate. And, you know, we got to stop. I know just listening to you say that, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I could tell a client that. All of my clients, I, I truly care about. I consider them my friends. We have sat face-to-face for, you know, dozens of hours now, holding hands, looking into each other's eyes from one foot apart. Like what's more intimate than that, you know? I think for each person. I think you were sharing yesterday that you've had an experience like that late recently with somebody yeah. who had to ask to no longer be a client. Yeah. And it's not fun. It's never fun. And it's, it hurts my feelings as well. You know, I lost from it as well. I lost a friend in in the whole thing as well, but you have to do what's best for you. And at the end of the day, you are providing a service and they are paying you for that service. That's what it is. Especially when we have this big community of women, you have to be a a supporter of them as well. We care Mm -hmm. for people all around, giving them a service. It's just layered. And we were talking about that yesterday too. There's just so many complexities and layers to these relationships that we have with our clients. And, you know, it's hard not to care when something horrible is happening in their life. It impacts you. Many of the episodes we talk about it, like sticking to you. Like I love the bath suggestion. I think water is very cleansing. Um, Epsom salts too, very good for cleansing energy. If that sounds too woo for you, just like take a bath just because it's relaxing, you know? your phone. Oh my God. Yes. No, I think, you know, when I'm feeling anxious, the worst possible thing I can do is start scrolling through Instagram. Cause then I'm just, it's just going to go downhill from there. And, you know, that's something that I've learned, you know, in the last six months is like, my phone's not good for me. A lot of the time, what's good for me is turning off my phone, going outside, getting fresh air, working out, sweating, like eating good. All of these things combined will help me show up as the best person that I can be for my clients and for my job and for my business. And, you know, when you are doing good for yourself, you're going to keep putting out good. It's so true. And, you know, I think we talked about it yesterday and I think everybody has said some sort of sentiment of this um, ilk, but basically you can only fill someone else's cup. If you're taking the time to fill your own, cause you can't Absolutely. take an empty cup and fill another cup up with that air. It's just not going to happen. 
absolutely. I'm someone now that I'm trying to walk around with a full cup so I can just keep pouring it in other people's. <laughs> I love it. You do seem like a very supportive, uplifting person. I try to be, and don't get me wrong, there's definitely times that I am negative, I'm shitty, but at the end of the day, like I try to walk around with a smile on my face and make others laugh and make others feel good. And that is my job to, you know, raise up others around me. That's, that's why I do this job. It's what fulfills me. Like at the end of an appointment, when my clients ooing and eyeing and gushing over how obsessed they are, there's nothing that feels better than that. No, it's a great feeling when somebody's like, you're the best in the whole world. I'm never going to see anyone else ever again. Or they, I, I trust you with my life. Or they text you four days in a row, just being like, oh my God, I'm still obsessed. Like, I love you. Da, 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 da. Like, I yes. love you. It feels so good to hear those things. But Actually, that's been a big boundary that I've kind of started to put in place for myself is that I don't communicate with other clients or my family. Actually, mm-hmm. I won't communicate with other clients or my family while I am with another client mm-hmm. because it is too distracting. They get in my head in a way that nobody else can. I'm and the- it is not fair. Like I'll sometimes leave my phone out, but I'll just ignore it. I'm not turning my phone off. Right. Right. But there is nothing worse than when my phone goes off mid appointment and I see my mother's name pop up and same client. And you're like, it's an essay. And it's like, hi, honey, really need to talk to you. I'm kind of concerned about, I'm like, and then the message is cut off and you're just like, okay. Concerned about what, what did I do? What's wrong with me that I think that because you have concern, I've done something wrong. You know, it's like a never ending spiral. I think in general disregarding the phone, having boundaries around that is probably something we all could be better at. And, you know, even for me, I've told my girls, like my business days are Wednesday through Saturday. If you text me on Saturday night, you will not hear from me until Wednesday. I see these memes that are like, do you ever call your doctors at four o'clock on a Sunday and like try to do this, that, and this? No, absolutely not. You don't because they're not available, you know? Um, and I think we should have those same standards for ourselves and, you know, set those boundaries, communicate them, of course, be very direct with them, you know, don't make it some yes. weird roundabout thing, but, you know, set the expectation and stick to it. Yeah. I constantly struggle with remembering to get back to people. If they text me when I'm in the middle of my personal time, I'm literally the worst. My toxic trait is I keep my text alerts off. So I'm pretty sure I have 700 unread text messages right now. Shut up. I would die. I tell people if you don't hear from me in like a day or two, and it's like during my business days, text me again. Cause it just got lost. Oh, and that, that's my like dirty little, this is how my anxiety works. Like you <gasps> oh, see the numbers all over my phone. You would die. Like, I would die. I just don't even look. Just pretend my like emails at like 5,000, but my text messages are at zero. My flaw with the texting is that I'll read your message and then I'm like, I can't deal with this right now. And then I move on and then I forget that you ever texted me. Then I'll think about it two weeks later and I'm like, oh. exactly. <laughs> exactly. I have a client that's like, I really have to move this time. And I'm like, oh, that'll be fine. That'll work. And then I don't text them back. And then they're like, Gone. hello. And I'm yeah. like, oh, right. Right. Yeah, that works. That's fine. I would like thought to myself that that's fine. And then I did nothing to communicate that and to I, you. Sorry. So I'm curious if you have 
any other things that you want to talk about around mental health in the beauty space, if there's things you feel like need to shift or there's just any kind of topic around that, that you'd like to chat about before we wrap things up. Self-care is the best care for us as providers and also for our clients. I think a lot of our clients rely on us a little bit more than they should be, and they should be seeking maybe professional help, not, not your nail tech, you know, or your hairstylist to tell you what you should do in this like awful dramatic situation. I think everybody, like just everyone needs that support. That's one professional and two removed from your personal life completely. Yes. Um, having someone that is removed, it, it just gives you a different perspective and they can, they can look at things in a much different way than anyone involved in these situations could. We do go above and beyond for our clients on emotional levels, on personal levels. I know I try to, and I think that's awesome. They confide in us because maybe they don't have other people be a positive energy for that person. And provide a great service and have them leave in with a smile on their face, even if they walked in, not. Right. No, I totally agree. Actually, I don't know if I told you this yesterday or not. I probably did. One of my goals is to eventually create a certification program so that practitioners will be able to better identify warning signs for when people have more severe issues where they do need to seek more professional help. You know, I think we can all benefit from that, like you're saying, but some people exhibit serious signs. And sometimes we are the people that are going to see it because we aren't the people that are in their immediate friend circle a lot of the time. And And no one tells us what we're supposed to do when we're in horrible situations, you know? Yeah. We have no training, but we, we hear the same, a lot of the same stuff. Yeah. So I know that you're no longer accepting new clients, Bailey, but if people want to see your work and they just like your energy and they vibe with you, where can they find you? Follow me on Instagram. My Instagram is underscore nail bay, B-A-Y. On there, actually, there's a link to a wait list. If you want to get on my wait list, honestly, at this point, it's like 600 people deep and it'll probably never happen. But once in a while I do have random openings and if it's like same day, I'll post it on my story. And that's like a very rare opportunity, but it happens once in a blue moon. And I feel so lucky that I I have the wait list that I do, but also there's so many nails to go around in Denver. There's also so many awesome nail techs that unfortunately most of us are fully booked. Um, if you offer an experience that's different than the standard salon and you can offer something a little specialized, like people are going to come. And it's so important as us as providers, you know, to find our niche and to lean in and to offer it to the world, you know? I love it. Well, thank you so much for participating today, Bailey. I appreciate you doing it not only once, but twice with me. <laughs> I'm sad we missed some of that info from the first episode because you can never fully recreate something, but this was also beautiful. So thank you so much. Thank you so, so much for having me. And like I said, I cannot wait to listen to the, the other people you have on here and to kind of watch your uh, project take off and kind of see what comes of it. Thank you, everybody. That was Bailey Page. And a huge thank you to her for joining us today. And as always, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. That's what helps this podcast grow. I'm your host, Paige Klibanoff. Thanks for joining.